I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net.
So for those of you who have not been with us up until now, we are on our last sermon of a series uh, on the Enneagram. The Enneagram is this ancient, ancient tool for, for learning who you are and who you are in light of who God is. Um, and there are nine numbers, and we are on number nine. If you want to know more about the other numbers and you've missed them along or you want to know who you are, you can go on our website. Um, KingstownCommunion.net slash Enneagram. It'll be up maybe for another week or so. And um, you can also get on our podcast and listen to all of the sermons so far. And so um, I hope you'll check it out. Um, has anybody here felt like it's been enlightening? Has it been enlightening? Thank you. Good. Awesome. I'm so glad that, um, that you liked it. I have heard a lot of good things about this series. Um, and so today we arrive at the peacemaker. Uh, and we meet Abraham today. I mean, Abraham, and Abraham, um, for somebody who wants to make peace, he must be a healthy peacemaker, because Abraham is not, not, not at all afraid to stand up against an omniscient, uh, powerful, all-knowing God who says, these people before me are evil. These people before me are self-absorbed, I'm done with them, and Abraham stands up and says, but we, there's gotta be, wait, do we know their whole story? <laughs> I mean, like, maybe if we just give them oh, a chance, maybe we just give them a chance, give them a little bit more time, maybe if we just give them a little more time, we just patient with them, maybe this will work itself out, God, and God is done. God is done. God is ready um, to vindicate. And Abraham says, well, what if there were just like 50 good people? Like, what if there were just 50 of them? Which, like, I mean, come on, God. Like, let's, nego let's negotiate this out, right? Like, there were just 50, there were just 50 good people still. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't set them on fire, right? All right, if there are 50, 50, I mean, wow, the peacemaker made it through with God. Okay, well, what if there were just 40? What if there were just 40, God? What if there are just 40 people who, you know, just had complicated stories? They're, you never know how their child, you know, what their childhood was like, and you, you don't know what it's like to be at home, and you just, you don't understand. I mean, they've got to, they might be tormented souls, and so, like, they're just 40 tormented souls, but they were faithful, they were okay, you know, like, okay, just 40. What if there were just 30, God? Like, what? Um, like, I, you know, because I just really, God, I really want, I, I want to make, I want you to make peace with these people. I, I, this conflict is not, is, this conflict for me, it, it, it doesn't feel right. What if there were just 30, okay? Okay. What if there were just 20? <laughs> and so you get down to the, well, what if there were just 10, God? And God said, even if there were 10 faithful people, okay, okay, Abraham, okay. Okay, I will spare them. Abraham is the first to lead God's people. Abraham is the one who births the covenant and lives into the covenant, and God chose a nine, a peacemaker, to lead God's people first. So who is the peacemaker? The peacemaker reflects God's heart for peace. And the basic desire of a nine is to be 
at peace and to avoid conflict and create a space where everyone, everyone can thrive. Now Chris and I, he has no nine. I have maybe like two points of nine. And so in our house, um, we say exactly what we think of one another at exactly the moment we think it and not necessarily the best move all the time. And so one of us in whatever the, whatever the argument is, whatever the moment of distress is in our household, one of us has to like fake put on our peacemaking role. We have to like, okay, we're gonna strap on our peacemaker because neither one of us have it in us. But in our marriage, I, like, I have to manufacture that because if not, we will just tell each other exactly what we think of each other at that moment. Nines are beautiful people. They're beautiful people. They want to negotiate peace. They want to be okay with the world. They want the world to be okay and they want everyone to be okay within it. They always see both sides of everything. They always strive to see all the sides to the equation. And this is why God chooses Abraham to be the first leader of Israel, to birth and live into this covenant. When healthy, a peacemaker sees all the sides, all the viewpoints in every decision and scenario. When healthy, um, if you're raising a nine, if you're raising a nine and you have a little healthy nine growing up in your household, you might hear them say, well, well, I see what you're saying, mom and dad, but have you thought about it this way? And you're like, I don't need your perspectives. <laughs> Until you are 18, you have no perspective. <laughs> I need you to do as you, told, you are told. They are the least judgmental personality in any given room. It's, it's like they can always find some good in everyone, no matter what. Because here, they're able to see life from everybody's point of view. I mean, Sodom goes down in history for being the most self-obsessed city of all time. They don't listen to God. They do only what they want. They always choose their desires over God, and Abraham still sees the best in them, even. How could this be? Because Abraham is a nine. And Abraham's like, you, God, you're the one who, who knows everything, who's all-powerful, maybe in all your glory and your power, you've overlooked these people. That's a bold nine. Healthy nines can see the beauty in everyone, and they sit right next to the eight. But they're so far apart from the eight. <laughs> the eight sees only one way, their way, while the nine sees all the splits in the road, all the various ways we could go. Healthy nines are wonderful people because they are inclusive people. And when I say inclusive, I don't mean the word that we use politically or, um, or to, to seem like we, we are affirming of certain people. They're inclusive of everyone. The people people are rising up in anger against and the people that have been wounded. They're inclusive of everyone. I love having Brett on my staff for this reason because I have to tell a story about this week. Um, <laughs> so on 
<laughs> on Wednesday, as I'm like recovering from all that happened on Tuesday, I just sent a text to Alyssa, my eight, <laughs> who is justice seeking and my way or the highway. Uh, I sent her a text and I said, hey, I, we've never done this before, but I think it may be appropriate this week to have a rainbow flag out front. Could you find a rainbow flag? And she said, I'm on it. I am on it. Then she texts Gina and says, we're going to put them on the altar. She texts us back and says, I bought 62 rainbow flags. <laughs> and she's like, can we line the entire road coming in to the school with the rainbow flag? And, and, so, and then we're on a text thread. And Brett, the peacemaker, sees it from every point of view, every point of view. And Brett, Brett's the only one out of the three of us that is, that is temperate, that is, is, is patient, is, is all, a little all-knowing, too. It's, uh, he kind of just knows how the room is going to, and he said, I think one will do. <laughs> and, and, then, and, then, and then she said, but I bought 62. <laughs> and Brett sends back a picture of himself, a selfie of himself, like, <laughs> and that is the that is the peacemaker, the nines selfie of like it's Alyssa. Oh, you are going like your eight is just shining, shining. Alyssa is so the eight, and Brett says we're gonna scale it down. <laughs> Subtlety is is great. We can say with our words so much sometimes, and with one key image so much more than we can we can say um, by plastering a, a um, the drive in that is that's the nine they understand from everybody's point of view healthy nines are wonderful because they're so inclusive and they want everyone to get to be a part of the team they want everyone to feel welcome they want everyone to feel welcome they are about moving the ball forward and we're going to do it as a team and everybody's going to get the credit for it and that is rare to have uh, a worship leader who is a nine. Like, anybody give me an amen for the drama of musicians. <laughs> drama, drama, drama. Like, Brett is not drama. He's not. He cares about the whole team. They're patient people. Nines make great parents. While everyone else is wanting to strangle their two-year-old, the nines like, well, they're trying to find themselves and they're exploring their boundaries and the one is like nope nope they should they should they should the the, the let's so the eight has very little patience as i've talked about patience and temperance and the nine just overflows with it and abraham knows knows how self-absorbed and evil sodom is and as a nine he thinks maybe if we just give him a, a chance. Maybe if we're just patient, maybe if we're just patient with them, maybe they'll do better. There's one more thing about a healthy nine. They are good listeners. Such good listeners. They care about your life. They care about your story. They do not like gossiping. They do not like hearing other people put other people down. They're compassionate and they're just great listeners. And I'm a three. And I'm, I, know, I know what we're doing and where we're going, and I'm a high seven, and let's have fun while we're doing it, and I'm a high eight, and typically what I think is right. Um, but nines, they actually listen. And so I have to fake it listening. 
I have to fake it listening. I have to really try to put on listening ears. But nines will listen to you. They make great friends. When you're hurt and you need someone to listen, they're there and they're great at that. And they make great mediators because they have this need to make peace. They are good at bringing two conflicting people or situations together. They are so gifted at finding peace. And oftentimes, as the nine in your family, you're the one who is always negotiating peace among your siblings, among your parents, among the people in your family, because you just, you want peace so badly. Nines are always trying to find common ground. And so that's a healthy nine. That's a healthy nine. An unhealthy nine, though, um, they encounter conflict, and it terrifies them. And they shut down, and they avoid conflict, and their response to that, the sin of the nine, is oftentimes laziness. Shutting down, pulling the cover over your head, and not looking at the broken world anymore because you tried to make peace and it's not working. And I can't figure out how to fix this conflict. I can't figure out how to fix this and so I'll, I'll hide from it. That's the, that's the unhealthy nine. The, and also the unhealthy nine is peace without realizing when peace won't do. There are some people, some situations where peace cannot be found. And that drives a nine crazy, because they want peace so badly. And so I figured today I would, I would show you a little video of a, a healthy nine who wanted so desperately peace, believed for peace for the United Methodist Church, went to battle for peace for the United Methodist Church, and what I'm about to show you is him bringing before the floor in, in kind of desperation the minority report the last day of conference saying, and you'll hear him talking to every side of the room. And then you'll hear the moment, it'll change. You'll, you'll see the frame switch and it's his report afterwards. Um, after he hears all these other people speak poorly against his report, against his plan for one up for one church and you saw, see in him the peacemaker beginning to rise up for justice because here's the thing you can't negotiate peace with Hitler there was none of that so at some point it gets to a place where peace cannot be negotiated and a healthy nine knows how to add justice to that peace, knows when to say the right thing and the needed thing in that moment, an unhealthy nine goes under the covers. Listen to this video. Brothers, sisters in Christ, my name is Tom Berlin. I'm a clergy member of the Virginia Annual Conference. I come to you today to consider the minority report that is before you in the DCA. I come to you to express my love of the church. I have a love of the church that I do not even understand. It is certainly not because she is perfect. It is certainly not because its members are all in agreement. 
have a love of the church that stems from a biblical vision of what God has said we can be. Found in the Revelation, and sometimes when I talk about it, I get emotional and people think I'm upset or something's wrong, but it's only because in that moment I just caught a glimpse of what we can be by God's help. And you share that vision with me. You know that same vision or you wouldn't spend this arduous time in these seats. We're all here because of that same love. Let me tell you why I want you to vote for the One Church Plan. I want you to do it for the church. To those who want marriage equality and ordination for all qualified people, this is your only shot at change. If you're withholding your vote because it's just not enough, I doubt you're going to get a better offer today. To those who would like to retain the current Book of Discipline, you can still have it that way. No one can make a pastor perform a wedding. No church has to change its practice. No annual conference is compelled to do anything it doesn't desire. To the central conferences, none of your practices change. None. And you will have the adaptable book of discipline where you can codify the practices of your culture as you desire. Oh, some will say, but the social principles Friends, we all have the social principles, but they're not the same as the Book of Discipline, and we know it. But to everyone, I need to just make some things transparent today. It's time we had that conversation. What's being said in private conversations is that if the traditional plan, the majority plan, is voted in today, you will be putting a virus into the American church that, it, that will make it very sick, and it will be sick quickly. Many of us have members who will leave and have already notified us to tell us so just by watching yesterday's proceedings. I have those texts. And the reason is, whether you like it or not, they feel that their church is... is exhibiting itself as being against gay people, along with others. It's not your intention, I know, but it's what they experience, and that matters. Many pastors are going to leave their church away from the connection. Some conferences will leave, I believe. Other people will stay and fight. And they will do weddings. They will break the Book of Discipline. There will be trials. It will be in the news. And the news about the United Methodist Church and the culture that we are trying to reach is not going to be news of the good things we do together, and we do them abundantly. It's going to be about the people we don't serve and the disagreement that will continue. This virus of conflict will spread and spread, and soon... It'll jump the ocean and it'll spread to the entire connection. It won't just be here in the United States. Because the model of church that we have is based on the health of every region. And so while you may not have disagreement where you live, the disagreement that is here will impact 
every model that we use the organizational model the economic model it will all begin to be sick and so i ask you to affirm this minority report of the one church plan and if you cannot affirm the minority report i ask you to simply abstain that is a legitimate act i ask you to abstain and let the spirit speak to others more clearly than it does to you but if you can do neither I ask you to vote against the traditional plan and leave the Book of Discipline the way it is right now. Because friends, if we bring this virus into our church, it will bring illness to us all. My friends in Sierra Leone, where I've been in ministry with the Sierra Leone Annual Conference for many years, for 20 years, were the people that figured out that if they put pans of water out, during the Ebola crisis, that, that if they just washed their hands, they could get rid of a potential illness that was infecting and damaging and killing people. And so they, they trained not just themselves, they trained their culture to just wash their hands. And I'm asking you to wash your hands of this traditional plan today because it will bring that illness into our house. And I hope you can support the One Church Plan. And I hope you can abstain if you don't. But it is in your hands. And so I ask you to affirm the One Church plan or abstain today from this vote in a spirit of convicted humility for the sake of the salvation of those who have yet to come know Jesus. But if you vote against this plan, and if you do it because of your desire for personal holiness, I hope you will follow the golden rule of Jesus himself and in so doing, I hope you will modify the book of discipline in the areas of divorce and remarriage and cohabitation before marriage and bring what you consider to be scriptural holiness to yourself, to your children and to your grandchildren and to your church and to all you love that you demand and require of others. And there may be some of us who are clergy in that moment that will be surrendering our credentials because we've already failed the scripture. Some bishops that need to surrender their consecrations because they've already violated it. But I don't think that's the church you want. So we are at this place in our church now um, where we intended to make peace. And it didn't work. We tried to make peace. That plan was inclusive. That plan made room for everyone, and it didn't work. They were not able um, to be people to make peace with. And so because of that, um, nine, sometimes that's sometimes the next step is, you want a battle? You want to split the church? Maybe that's, maybe that's what comes next. I, I, I tried to create peace, and it didn't work. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for making us people of peace, making us desire peace, want, want to bring everyone to the table, want to acknowledge where everyone has come from, how they were, how they were raised, what they learned, what people told them, what their pastors told them about the Bible at an early age and how that, that, that dug in deep for them and how it's hard to reconcile. We want to be peacemakers that understand multiple 
perspectives. We want, we want to honor our friends in Africa whose context is so much different from our own. We, we want to make peace. But God, when, when peace doesn't work, make us healthy peacemakers. That we won't hide under the name of the United Methodist Church. We won't pull our blanket over as the denomination, this large, third largest denomination in the United States. We won't pull our blanket over of buildings, our blanket over of money and pension and all of the other things on the table, but that we will as healthy peacemakers realize when, when justice is next. Realize when sometimes you have to walk away. Sometimes walking away is the only thing that creates new life. And that lives into your mission for the world to go into all the earth, into Judea and Samaria, and all the world. I pray this in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Uh, when you gathered at Pub Theology this past Tuesday when I wasn't there, um, uh, Alyssa told me that, that Brett, in his very peacemaking, never would have said that self, said, I, I even feel kind of defiant. <laughs> that is the words of a peacemaker right there. If you've made me defiant, you've done some harm. Table.